Well done. That's excellent. Great job. Well, it's good to be in church tonight. Amen. Wednesday, it's always that day where about 4 o'clock your body starts shutting down, right? And you grab you a cup of coffee, get the resurrection, and come to church. Amen. Hey, thank you all for being here. Evidently, you didn't know who's preaching tonight. Amen. And, but you're here anyway. Praise the Lord. Uh-oh, there's buttons on this. I guess if you push it, something's going to happen. Amen. I'm going to release that, but uh, praise the Lord. It's good to be back in uh, sunny Hammond, Indiana. Praise the Lord. Um, Boy, I was praying for some good weather, y'all, and uh, God was very kind to us. Amen. Because I left some things in Hobart. And it was three snow shovels and an overcoat, amen? And I left them there on purpose and said, left a gospel track with each of them and said, praise the Lord. But uh, when it snows here, we take a day off in North Carolina, and it's a wonderful thing. But uh, I was telling the college chapel day, the first time we had moved up here, and it was December 27th when we moved up in 2006, and it was a beautiful day, and I mean, sun was out. Nice and warm. And I remember looking at my wife. I said, Jen, I didn't lead you astray. Winter's over. We missed it. And I remember it snowed the next day until Easter. So she, <laughs> I remember going to Brother Eddie's Sunday school class that first Sunday, and I said, man, it's cold. He goes, yeah, that's what it does around here for a while. And, but uh, praise the Lord. It is an honor and a joy to be here. And thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. And I enjoyed being out at the college uh, today. Looking forward to tomorrow as well. And it's just a joy to see a lot of faces uh, that I know. And it's a joy to see new faces as well. Take your Bibles, if you would, please. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I could spend the entire time just reminiscing and uh, calling so many people by name. But I appreciate this church. And for right at seven years, my family and I had the wonderful privilege of uh, working here and serving God's people, and I loved every bit of it. And uh, we have great, wonderful memories, and uh, we miss this place and uh, miss you, but uh, it's a joy to be back, and I appreciate it very much, the opportunity. Matter of fact, the first service when, that, uh, when you were pastor that I was sitting up here, I was sitting next to pastor, and my family and I know when we moved up here, Y'all say things like, go north, turn east. Okay, come on, point north right now, okay? Um, who knows which directions stop? Y'all, okay, I know y'all know, okay? And where I come from, um, they say take a right, okay? And if you're in a really redneck part, now look, go on down where that tree fell down, and you're going to take a left, and then looky about three miles down the road. And so that's how they give directions, okay? I'll never forget, I'm sitting next to Pastor, you know, your boss, Pastor, and he goes, Brother Scott, yes, sir. On the east side of the auditorium, who is that man? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the balcony's not east. Okay, um, you have three more chances. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, is he in the choir? I'm so confused right now. And uh, Pastor, he's new. You wouldn't know him. And uh, I, yeah, I was so, so I've, I've waited to where I could tell that story. Here we go. Luke 24, Luke 24, verse 13, if you're there. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, 
Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them said, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said to him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto him, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Look at this. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since these things were done. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight asking for your help. I thank you for the wonderful songs that we have enjoyed in corporate worship. I thank you for that wonderful special we just heard. Thank you for those young men practicing and working and singing to please you. Thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for the men and ladies. No doubt many just got off work and rushed to get here to get their young people at a choir practice to be here for uh, church. And what a testimony it gives to a family to see mom and dad lead the way. Would you bless their family in a tremendous way? Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I do not take it lightly. You know my heart, and the last few weeks especially, has looked forward to this day and this hour. And God, I just want to be a blessing. If there is one tonight that's not saved, I pray they'll trust you. And Lord, those that are believers, may we be strengthened and encouraged. Forgive me for I failed you. Hide me behind the cross. Be with Jenny and the family back at the house. I love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Uh, it's, many have asked about the family, and I appreciate your uh, love and care for them. Of course, yes, we do have three boys. I call them boys, but I told the college today they're all bigger than I am. They're grown men now. and uh, I have three grandchildren. Yeah, Papa G. That's me right there. And uh, any grandparent in here knows what I'm talking about. When those kids show up, it don't matter. The world stops right there. Emmett is three, Katie is two, and Sadie is five months. They're all demon-possessed, but they are ours, and I love them, and they are crazy. Amen. Here you find in the Word of God a time when a lot has taken place. The betrayal has taken place. Doubt has taken place. The worst trial that could have happened has taken place. Now, the Son of God, the, the, the Messiah, the Son of God, and they just took him and hung him on a cross. They have abused him. They have ridiculed him. And it seems like to these people, everything just fell apart. And it did not turn out like they planned. If you ever had one of those, it didn't turn out like I planned. Mom and Dad, you ever planned that perfect vacation? You can't wait to take the family. You planned it, and you're not even out of the driveway where you hear one say, scoot over. And you're like, <laughs> don't y'all start that now. My dad, this hand would reach back there. It's the same hand in Daniel that wrote on the wall. And uh, that hand would reach back there, and I would have siblings whom I love to death, but uh, they would betray me and push me towards the hand. Amen. And it was never a good thing. But this is a time when things have just not worked out like they planned. 
Tonight, there are different people in the service. There are those that you're doing well. The, the, the bills are paid. There's money in the bank, and you're all right, and everybody's healthy right now. And if you're not careful, good times may cause us to not recognize the Lord. There are others that you came in tonight saying, look, if I don't get something, I don't know how I'm going to make it one more day. I thank God for a midweek service. I love it when our church family gets together at Liberty and we come in for an hour and we sing just like what y'all do, uh, did tonight and we sing together, we pray together, we get into the Word together and there's nothing like it because you and I need the Word of God. And may I encourage us, and, and, and I know uh, you have that spirit or you wouldn't be sitting here on a Wednesday night service, amen. But let's never leave church the same. I never want to attend the service as if it's just another service. I, I never want to hear a song sung as if it's just another song. I, I never want to preach a message as if it were just a, another message. This might be my last one, and I want to give everything I've got. And, and when I study the Word of God, I want to get into the Word of God. And when I sing with the church, I, I want to enjoy the songs of God. And Oh, man, I never want to leave the same. In verse 17, he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? They're disappointed. The women went to the tomb and worrying about who's going to roll the stone away. They have uh, uh, those that are in the upper room are still numb with grief, not sure, oh, man, what's happened? It doesn't matter how much you and I prepare for something. When it happens, it's still difficult. When it happens, the scattering of the sheep is following the smiting of the shepherd. And now they are everywhere. We see these travelers as they walk along the way and they are not able to recognize the son of God. And the Bible says that God held that from them to be able to see who he was. And I love what they said down there towards the end. I believe it's in verse 19. He said to them, what things? They said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Can't you see Jesus as he's walking with him going, and? And? But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside this, today's the third day. And I can see Jesus going, and? So, so what day is this? Oh, man, well, they, they betrayed him, and they, they beat him, and they did all of this, and now it's the third day. And Jesus goes, yeah, third day. So what do you think? They're still not getting it. Cleopas begins to ask Jesus, where are you from? Are you, you're a stranger, aren't you? Because evidently, if you were from here, you would have known. Because there was a time when 25,000 people ate out of one lunch. You would have heard about that. There was a time when a man that had been crippled for many, many years, and when Jesus healed him, if anyone's gone through any type of a therapy and you've had to get your strength back, you know how difficult it is. But when Jesus makes somebody whole, he told him, pick up your own bed and walk. You'll be okay. I know if, you, if you'd have heard about the day when he put that ear back on Malchus's head when Peter, he wasn't chopping for ears. He was chopping for the neck. That's that soldier that came to get Jesus ducked in that ear. And you all know me that we're here when I was here. My mind's warped. If I were Jesus, I'd have put that ear on backwards. You'd never forget the day you came to get me, Malchus. Amen. 
<laughs> Y'all forgive me. All right, let's get back to the book. But in verse 21, they did say this, and I love that phrase. We trusted that it had been him. They're so depressed, and they're not taking comfort in the truth that they are sharing. The women said, he's alive. Peter saw an empty tomb. The angel said, why seek ye the living among the dead? But the Bible tells us that their eyes were holding. By divine power, Jesus Christ did not allow them to see him just yet because he wanted to take the written word and teach them some things. Their hope had been dashed. All hope is gone. This is no nursery rhyme. This is no fairy tale. This is no story. These men are walking down this road and they are broken hearted. And may I say, you can lose a lot of things, but when you lose all hope, that's tough. And that is why, and stay with me church, and that is why it's so important that as we, the best, will struggle. And a new believer, if maybe you're brand new in the church, and may, let me encourage you to come back. Don't let me mess you up. But you're new in the church, and this is your first service. You're thinking, man, I'm struggling. I got saved. I trusted Jesus. But, boy, I still have problems. Yeah, it's, you'll make it. Stay in the book. And when hope is gone, you need to get back to the word. I heard the story about a young pastor that after his preaching, he was out by the door shaking hand, and an elderly lady walked by that morning. She shook his hand and grabbed it and said, Pastor, you hoped me in today. And may I say, we need that hope. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are looking in the wrong places for hope. May I say, by way of introduction, if you're looking at relationships for hope, that's the wrong place to look. Relationships, I, I appreciate the friends that I have, and if you have a good friend, you're blessed. You have more than one, you're really blessed. What a blessing. And as I would say to the college students and to the young singles in this church, be careful. Well, I just got to get married. You know, being single is not a curse. And being married is not the cure. Some of you men can say amen if she's working in the nursery tonight. Amen. <laughs> I tell our young ladies at the church all the time, girls, there's two things you better make sure. Number one, is he saved? Number one, is he what? Yeah, number two, does he have savings? Everybody good? You think I'm joking? It's a longer list, but those first two will take care of it. If that old boy ain't saved, kick him out. And if he doesn't have any money, get rid of him. If not, he's going to drop you off at your job in your car while he goes back to your apartment. Amen. Okay, that's for marriage retreat. Here we go. Hey, check it out in the scripture. Before Adam ever got Eve, he had a job, a place to live, and a relationship with God. And then he got Eve. So, girl, if that boy ain't got a job, doesn't have a place to live, and he's no good with God, out he goes. Next. Amen. Relationships. Some people trust that. Some people trust religion. You can put your hope in a religion, but without Christ, it's nothing but a religion. And quickly, I want to say some put their faith in rationality. Well, does it make sense? This is the perfect setting. This is the perfect setup. And now I know it's working. But without Christ, there's always going to be something missing. There will come a time when you and I find out, I need him. 
For those that just trusted him, oh, there's nothing greater in the world than know you're saved. But those of us who are saved, there's nothing greater in the world than finding more in that book. Let me give you some thoughts tonight. Number one, he explained himself from the word. And this is so important. And I hope veteran believers will listen as well as new. He explained himself from the word. Verse 25, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. That's pretty rough saying. You see, the truth is truth. It's kind of like a light switch. There's no easy way to turn on a light. It is just on or off. And when you and I have the word, it's the word. It's on or it's off. It's open. He explains himself through the word. Look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. You think sometimes you've been in long service. How'd you like been at that service? He began at Moses and went through every prophet. I thought I'd change there for a minute. Wow, okay, that's not me. And uh, he explained himself, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scripture, the things concerning himself. Here it is. First of all, he meets them in their confusion. And this is so important because when you struggle with, with, I thought that was going to turn out. This is not how my life was supposed to be. That relationship was not supposed to be that way. So as we struggle, aren't you thankful you have a God that gave us this to go back on? That is why everything we do, everything we believe, everything we follow must come from the Word of God. And if it's not found in that book right there, you can have it and you can keep it. I ain't buying it. I want to stick with the book. And whenever there's a time when you get confused, and I've been confused, and I've had a time where I wondered if this was right or if this was wrong, go back to the book and find out what the Bible says. Amen. We have raised a generation where we told them what was right and wrong, but didn't teach them in the book what was right and wrong and when they grew up and learned how to read so colored shirts are okay man I heard a whole message one time on tassel shoes that's where I wore them tied ones at night it's like wow and then I started reading it ain't in there you might want to stick with the book and in their confusion what does he do he goes straight to the word straight to the word Look at this. He meets them in their conquest. They are trying to figure out. They, 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 they taught it pretty well, didn't they? And today's the third day. I mean, they're letting him know. No one has shown them the teaching and completion of the scripture like this before. Look at the grace of God. Aren't you thankful that you and I have a God that is willing to take time with each of us? In the book of Mark, he said it this way. He expounded unto them all the scripture as they were able to hear it. Not everyone in here tonight is going to receive the same thing. God will give to you what you're able to receive. God will let you hear what you're able to hear. And he took them in their their confusion, and he did not berate them, except he said, listen, he woke them up, and at one verse, hey, hey, oh fools, listen to me. And then he started at the beginning and works his way through. Can I encourage us with this tonight, church? Do not be so quick as to paint everyone an enemy of the cross just because they're confused. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't look at them and say, well, you're done. Didn't you guys figure it out? No. He said, well, let's take a walk back through the word. Let's start at the beginning. We're going to be here a while, boys. 
And he started teaching. And he went through every instance where it talked about him. I'm so thankful for a God that is willing to come to my level and show me his word. Richard Seltzer was a surgeon who would write comments about post-operative patients. He said he stood beside the bedside of a young couple, a young lady that he had had to perform a surgery, newlywed couple, and she had an issue with her face, and it was a very delicate surgery. However, he was forced to cut the twig nerve there that was connected in the corner of her mouth, and that procedure left her mouth twisted. He, in his writing, he wrote that when the young husband walked into the room, he was waiting to see the reaction, and the young bride put her hand over her face in embarrassment. And he said he watched that young husband pull her hand down and lean in towards her and say, My, aren't you beautiful? And then he said he watched that husband of his new pride lean down to kiss her mouth, but he had to twist his lips to kiss hers. Aren't you thankful you have a God who knew no sin, but looked at you and looked at me and said, my, aren't you beautiful? And was willing to come down and be twisted for us. He was willing to walk with them. May I say this? Number two, he was encouraged by them to continue their walk. He was encouraged by them to continue their walk. Look at verse 28. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. So he's talking with them. They're going through all the scripture. And, and they're, they're, it's a good while. He gets to the end and he says, well, fellas, it's been fun. Y'all have a great day. He starts to walk off as though. What in the world? Look what it says. But they constrained him. I hope I would have as well. I don't see them saying, what time? My sundial's a little off. We've been in this thing a little while now. What, what time do we get done with this? No, they finished. They, he started to walk away, and he said, it's been good. I hope you find who you're looking for. And They constrain him, saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And by the way, he'll go with you if you'll just ask him. He'll tarry with you all night. I told the students today in chapel, God is the only one that'll tell you, come anytime. Talk about anything and stay as long as you want. He has no other appointments but you. He has nothing else he wants to talk about but what you want to talk about. And the Bible says he went in with them and so many people just let Jesus keep walking. But I don't want Jesus to keep walking. I I want him to come on back and I want him to come on in. And very quickly, can I ask this? What have you received from God? Oh, if we started by section to section, we could be here probably a few days just saying, hey, I want to tell you the day I got saved. I I just want to thank the Lord. Man, I remember he did this great work in my life. I I remember how he did this with my wife or this with my child or this with my grandchild. And oh, yes, haven't we been blessed by God? Hey, before we start pushing God away and before we start pushing uh, uh, the word away, oh, let's just stop and let's just start making a list and say, you're good. Did it again? He's so good. But I want to ask this. Do you have all you want? 
Hasn't God been good? You have all you want? I don't. Man, I've got one life to live, and i got about that much left. So I tell you what, I want to give everything I can to God. Oh, I happen to believe God's not done. I happen to believe that God still wants to save souls. I just happen to believe God still wants to see people come to Christ. I just happen to believe it. I believe God's wanting to do big things in our life. And and look what he does. Number three, he, he was exposed by his work. Oh, and this is so great how it ties it all together. They finally arrive at the house, still not knowing who he is. All they know is this guy can teach. Man, so where'd you go to school? Can't you hear the questions? Man, how do you know all this? <laughs> See, Jesus, I kind of am this. I mean, like, you know details. I mean, you're good. They go in there. Check, check this out, verse 30. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it. Stop. He took it. Wait a minute. He's a guest. So notice the bread. They come into the house. Feet are washed. They come to the house. They go through all these rituals that they do. And notice the bread that's there. Because it is unusual here for Christ to act like the host. And not a guest. He's a guest in this house. It's not his house. You remember, he had no place to lay his head. Every time he finished somewhere, everybody would go home and nobody would take Jesus to the house. And so he'd go to the mountain somewhere and pray all night. This is unusual, though, because it would have been the host of the house that would assume the duty of blessing and breaking the bread. Can I say this? Every time we come together in church, don't we say, Lord, I pray you show up. Uh, we have order of service and, and uh, our music pastor, he's the best. Brother Dan Morrissey, he puts it together, man. He's got months in advance. But he knows at the bottom of every order of service, it better say if the Holy Ghost shows up, forget what has been printed on the order of service. Amen. I'm about done. Y'all can help brother out and I'm going to land this thing. Let me tell you something. I love it when God shows up, don't you? There's nothing sweeter in the world than you start singing those songs of God. I've been with you. Okay, it's just us. No one knows. We walk in here going, oh, man, I hope it's good tonight. Hope pastor's mad at somebody, so it'll keep me awake. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you start singing a song about the Lord. All of a sudden, you hear somebody maybe testify. All of a sudden, you you think about something good God did today. and And all of a sudden, man, by the end of the service, you're like, it's pretty good. Hey, the bread. He takes the bread. And then notice this as I close. I'm I'm over time. Here we go. Then there's the blessing. No one prays like Jesus. They still hadn't caught it yet. He taught everything. They go into the house. He sits down, and he starts taking the bread. There you go. And then look what it says. Uh, uh, let's back up here. Oh, we got to hurry. He took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open. They bowed their head. Jesus says, uh, let's pray, fellas. He said, Father. And one of them said, uh-oh. That's him. That's him. When's the last time you saw him? 
When's the last time you were just alone in the word? Because when he vanished out of their sight, they said, was your heart burning? Boy, mine was. He broke the bread and he blessed it. And they said, that's him. Father, I sure do love you tonight. God, I want to say thank you for who you are and for what you do. Lord, you have been so good to us. I should be in hell right now, but by the mercy of God. And then, Lord, on top of your mercy, you give us grace. So many things we receive that we don't deserve. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did for us. And thank you for what you're doing for us. Lord, would you bless this church in a big way? Holy Spirit of God, would you please touch hearts? May we allow you to be the host and not a guest. I love you. In your name we pray.